You are listening to Overcomers Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope that this message leaves you equipped and encouraged. Well, glory to God. Hallelujah. Do you know what hallelujah means? Praise the Lord. So if I said to you hallelujah, what should you say? If I said hallelujah. Okay. (laughs) Glory to God. This is a marvelous, wonderful day to be alive in Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. First of all, I just want to thank the worship team. Thank you so much. It was wonderful. Glory to God. Always enjoy your ministry, and it's delightful. Praise the Lord. Well, today I get the privilege of sharing on one of my favorite subjects, and that is on the Holy Spirit. And uh, I, I don't usually, I don't preach much. I usually just teach. And when we uh, were in Bible school and Uh, learned about preaching, we were taught that if you were going to preach a a sermon, you needed just a few verses, two or three, not too many. Well, uh, I have a lot of verses, so I'm not preaching, I'm teaching. And, And some of them will be on the board, up on the wall, and some are not. I'm pretty old fashioned. I, I like the real Bible. And, uh, and so, uh, last year, I discovered that the print on my Bible had gotten too small. And so I got a big print Bible. And uh, it's big and heavy and uh, it's hard to hold up and and manipulate, but I can see it. And uh, so I'm just uh, delighted to to have a new Bible and to uh, be able to see it. And I'd like to pray. Father, we bless you and praise you and magnify your name. You're awesome and wonderful and glorious and more than any words that we can imagine. And we're grateful for your loving kindness and your tender mercies. We're grateful for Jesus and we're grateful for the Holy Spirit. And Lord, we thank you now for your wonderful word to teach us about it. We thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Have have you ever heard anybody uh, pray and when they got to the end and everybody said... Well, that's not quite enough. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And so I don't say it out loud because I don't want when I'm doing it. But anytime someone says and everybody said, amen, glory to God. Hallelujah. Uh, I learned about hallelujah years ago and I'm still loving it. And I love to praise the Lord. I love singing. Well, actually, I make a joyful noise. But in God's ears, it's good. You see, between me and him, there's a filter. And in that filter, this this singing changes to something very melodious and on tune. And yes, somebody uh, resemble that. Uh, I would like for us to start today in the book of Psalms. And I want to read... I want to put up on the board Psalm 30, verse 10. Now, I'm going to be reading it in the New American Standard, but I think on the board it's going to be on the New King James. So I'm going to turn around and read it. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy on me. 
Lord, be my helper. David knew he needed help. Then in John 14, 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. So David knew that he needed a helper. Jesus knew that we needed a helper. And so in John chapter 16, verses 12 to 16, I'm going to read this in the New American Standard because I want you to see here that the Holy Spirit is a person. We know that God's a person. We know that God the Father is a person. We know that Jesus was a person. But not everybody knows that the Holy Spirit is a person. And we always say, the Holy Spirit or the Holy Spirit. And I pondered that and thought, well, you know, we say the Lord Jesus Christ. We say the Father. So it's all right to say the Holy Spirit. But in, this verse, in these verses, I have many more things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. But when he, the spirit of truth, comes, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own initiative, but whatever he hears, he will speak. He will disclose to you what is to come. He shall glorify me, for he shall take of mine and shall disclose it to you. All things that the Father has are mine, therefore I said that he takes of mine and will disclose it unto you. That makes it very, very clear in those few verses. And if you have red letters in your Bible, you'll notice that Jesus said that. And so, first of all, we want to know, He is a person. And I love the person of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for what He did in my life. First of all, He made me aware of I needed help. Did He make you aware that you needed help? Not just before becoming a Christian, but after becoming a Christian. We need him. We need his help every day. And so I am so grateful for that. And he knew that I needed help. And so the Holy Spirit began to work in my life in 1969. Mine and my wife's. Her name was Sandra. She died about three years ago. We were married for 60 years. And whenever I get sad about that and think about her, and often that happens, I immediately say, Thank you, Father, for the 60 years. So I've learned to praise God and to rejoice in spite of that. But anyhow, the both of us began to realize there was something not quite right in our lives. Uh, I grew up in a Baptist church. The Baptist church that I grew up in uh, in 1991 celebrated its 200th anniversary. Uh, Old downtown Baptist church. And I was a Sunday school teacher, training union teacher. teacher. I was assistant chairman of the finance operating committee, and I was assistant chairman of the deacons. I was in my mid-30s. We had three children. We went to church regularly. We we, uh, uh, enjoyed most of the time going to church. But there was only one thing wrong. Jesus wasn't Lord. I was baptized when I was 11 years old with my father and my brother. I think I accepted Jesus. Over the years, there were days that I thought I was saved and other days I wasn't too sure. There was a man in our church, church of about 600 people, and there was a man named Jimmy that we became acquainted with, and we watched him and we listened to him. And Jimmy didn't say too much in a small group, 
But when he spoke up, he had something to say. And we became aware of that. So we began to spend time with Jimmy, began to talk with Jimmy and his wife, Libba, and began to find out some things that were missing in our lives, like the Lordship of Jesus Christ and the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, there was a, a lady in our church, the wife of one of the deacons who had been one of my teachers in school, and she came to me one day and she said, Quinby, be careful around Jimmy. He goes in a trance and speaks in tongues. <laughs> so we were very careful to spend plenty of time with him. <laughs> and so in May of 1970, uh, on the 4th, Sandra went to a full Gospel Businessmen's Fellowship meeting and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I wasn't able to go. I had a commitment for work. Thirteen days later... We were with a friend of hers, her prayer partner, who was a Methodist girl. We were coming back from a meeting somewhere, and Sandra said to her prayer partner, Sandy, Sandy, would you pray for Quinby to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit tonight? You don't mind, do you, Quinby? <laughs> and of course I didn't, because we were both seeking at the same time. Well, we went to her house, went in. Her husband wasn't born again at the time. He was kind of watching us. And so... I got down on my knees to her couch, and Sandra and Sandy stood behind me praying for me, and I said something like, Father, here I am. I surrender my house and car and motorcycle and everything that I am. I want Jesus to be Lord, and I want to receive the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Nothing happened. So they were still praying for me, and I thought, I need to say this out loud. So I prayed it out loud. And as soon as I prayed it out loud, I started feeling a swelling that started down in my legs, in my ankle area. And just coming, I actually felt that I was being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, not everybody feels anything. For some people, salvation is a huge experience and glorious and wonderful. And the baptism of the Holy Spirit, by faith you receive it, and it's great. For others... It's the opposite. For me, it was the opposite. So they walked over the other side of the room, and, and I'm there, and I'm opening my mouth to say something. I can't say anything. And so uh, I got up, but I was real weak. And so I made it across the room and sat down at a chair by the door. And uh, we had a babysitter at home, so we had to go. So my wife took me by the arm walked me down the front steps to the passenger side of the car, opened the door, put me in like a gentleman. <laughs> and we headed home about two or three miles. On the way home, she said, Quinby, raise your hands and just start praising God. So I raised my hands and started praising God. When the front wheels of the car hit the driveway, out of my mouth at about this level came, a wor came words that I had never heard. And I began speaking in tongues. And so the girl who was our babysitter was a Baptist girl. <laughs> and we were concerned that it might scare her. So Sandra said, do we need to go somewhere else? I said, no, no, we need to go in because she needs to go home. And so I said, I'll be all right. <laughs> 
I walked in the front door, right past her and back to my room, and Sandra took her home and paid her. <laughs> and from then on, we had opportunities to speak in tongues together. And a lot of things changed in our high lives. We had three children. And uh, one night I went to a charismatic church. It was on Father's Day. And I uh, felt like I needed to go to the altar and once again surrender my family and everything that I had to the Lord. And then after the service, I went home. When I got home, my two sons took me to the kitchen, set me down at the table, laid hands on me and prayed for me in tongues. While I was committing everybody to the Lord and myself at home, they received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Now I have a daughter. Sometime around that time, we were visiting an uncle, and uh, she asked my wife, uh, she said, Mama, uh, she was eight years old. She said, am I too young to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And Sandra said, well, I don't know. You'll have to ask Jesus. So he asked Jesus, and he said yes. And she received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So there we are, all three, all five of us, and it was a glorious time. Well, it wasn't long after that before the Lord called us into ministry and sold our house and second car and packed up and went 500 miles away to Bible school. And both of us were in Bible school and our three children were in regular school. And it was a glorious, wonderful time. And then after that, God sent us here and there and many other places. So, um, got to watch the clock. But anyhow, that is what God did in my life and in our life. Now, I learned in uh, 1 Corinthians, he that speaketh in tongues edifieth himself. That means build up yourself. One of our teachers in Bible school said, he that speaketh in tongues chargeth his battery. And if you think about your car, your car is sitting out there, there's a motor, there's a starter, there's an alternator, and there's a battery. If your alternator is not working... You can start your car two or three or four times. You can run it for a while. But after a while, there's no more juice in the battery. So you have to either get a new battery or make a connection or whatever. You have to have the alternator working. God has us here to be witnesses for him. And he needs us to be ready so that when he calls, we're ready to go. So our battery needs to be charged up. So when the master comes out, he doesn't get a, but we're ready to go. And so he that speaketh in tongues chargeth his battery. Well, several things happened to me. One was no more cussing. Nobody had to tell me that. Uh, and there was a time when, uh, have you ever been in the kitchen and somebody left a cabinet door open and you bumped your head on the corner of it? You have? Well, so had I. And uh, before the baptism in the Holy Spirit, there were some choice words that would come out. Not very choicey. But then I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. I bumped my head. I spoke in tongues immediately. And the pain was less and diminished and went away faster. So I learned that's a very practical use of, the, of speaking in tongues. And then also the Bible came alive. Now, back in those days, there was a book that came out called uh, Good News for Modern Man. Now, of course, you know what I'm sharing with you. Most of you are, weren't even born when all this happened. <laughs> but a few of you were. John was. <laughs> uh, 
And so uh, the Bible came alive, and I bought this pocket-sized Good News for Modern Man. It cost about 25 or 35 cents back in those days. It didn't have a concordance. It didn't have references. It had little pictures in it. But as I read it, I had a, re a red pencil, and I'd underline stuff, and I wrote my own concordance in it. Well, since it was a paperback, one day the front cover came off. So I took the front cover, and the Bible was coming apart. I drilled holes in it and put li uh, li li nylon twine in and out of it to hold it together. And I've still got that today. I don't use it much, but I've got it. But it, it was just, I spent, I don't know how many, how long in the New Testament. After that, I went to the Bible and bookstore, and I bought me a brand new pocket-sized Cambridge King James version of the Bible. Now, for those of you who don't know what Cambridge is, back in about 1500, that's when they first started publishing it, and they've been publishing it ever since. So I felt like I wanted the good old Bible. Well, I used that, and it had, had references, and it had uh, concordance in it. But the point I'm making is the Bible became alive to me. I loved it. I read it. I took it with me. I had it when I went places. Had it at work. And uh, it, it was just alive, where before it was just words that I read in my Sunday school quarterly just before Sunday school on Sunday. And so then, that was another change that happened. I'm not used to holding a mic, and my pages are sticking. And my hands are shaking, but my knees are not weak. <laughs> and then another thing that happened is I, I uh, heard about tithing. And uh, so... I was talking to the Lord, and I said, Lord, I want to do that. And I said, but from where I am, giving now to tithe is a big jump. So if it's all right with you, I'm going to start with 5%. And so I did. And then it wasn't too long after that where I just felt like, no, it's time. We need to do the whole thing. So then we decided we were going to give 10%. Well, then comes the question, do you give it on the net or the gross? Uh, you've pondered that question, have you? Well, as usual, God directed me to a scripture in 2 Corinthians. And uh, if who gives sparingly, you reap sparingly. But uh, it says that uh, if you will give, there will always be enough for you and for every good charity. I think it was in the word that I was reading, or, or every good need. I said, okay, God, you want us to give on the gross. And so I did that, and don't you know, I didn't run out of money. In fact, everything was much, much better. Well, everything in life was better after the baptism of the Holy Spirit. We had a, a wonderful marriage, as good as you can have, without Jesus being Lord. But when he became Lord and received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, marvelous, wonderful, much, much better. So we had uh, about almost 50 years after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, total of 50 years. And uh, the other thing is my prayer life changed. Uh, what, what I had been doing is uh, at night, I would pray before I went to bed. And if, if I made up a prayer last night, I would say the Lord's Prayer tonight. If I said the Lord's Prayer last night, I needed to make up a prayer this time. 
Isn't that weird? <laughs> but you see, after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I had two ways to pray. <laughs> and so my prayer life changed. And also I wanted to serve God. And I discovered that now back in those days, we sang a lot of hymns. We always sang the hymns in the Baptist church. And I could stand in the congregation at the Baptist church, four or 500 people, and a maximum of 10 or 12 who had received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I experienced as if God had taken a uh, phone booth. You know what a phone booth is? <laughs> had taken a phone booth and just dropped it down and surrounded me. And I was in this phone booth worshiping God. And you know something that meant a lot to me? In the Baptist church, we sang a hymn. Oh, for a thousand tongues to sing my great Redeemer's praise. <laughs> and then there was a chorus we sang every Sunday. Uh, I can only remember one of them. But anyhow, it was about praising, praise Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Yeah, you've heard that too, have you? So our lives really changed. Well, now I want you to turn to Luke 24, 49. Luke 24, 49. Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Now, in the New American Standard, it says clothed with power from on high. And that was Jesus speaking to the disciples. There were 120 in the upper room at that time. And uh, I found out in Galatians 3.27, we're not going to turn there. I just want to refer to you clothed with Christ. Those who have come to know Christ are clothed with Christ. In, back in Judges 6.34, the Spirit of the Lord covered Gideon. And in 1 Chronicles 12, 18, the spirit covered Amasai like clothing. He was one of David's captains. So in the Old Testament, the Holy Spirit came on people. And uh, at salvation, we receive the Holy Spirit. But in the baptism of the Holy Spirit, we are filled and empowered to be witnesses. Acts 1, 8. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. So the purpose of the baptism of the Holy Spirit, one of the purposes is to be uh, a witness, to have power, to be a witness for the Lord. And I discovered that after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I could talk to people about God. I found out that I could share scripture with them. Uh, I found out that... Uh, I could stand up in front of people and talk a little bit. Uh, I remember one time as a deacon, it was my turn to bring the devotional. And I had my Bible and I had everything I was going to say written down. I couldn't just stand up and talk. I made it through. I don't remember much about it. But, but after the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I found out that I could, God could give me some scriptures and I could preach a sermon. In fact, my first sermon was at the jail. That's a long story, but we, two other guys and I from the Baptist church went over to the jail, and we got in, and the uh, jailer said, who's going to preach? And the other two guys said, he is. <laughs> <laughs> so he took me and set me down at a desk, and I had to push down the button for the intercom, 
and speak through the intercom to the prisoners. Didn't see anybody, didn't hear anybody, don't know what happened, but got to talk about Jesus. And so empowered and filled with the Holy Spirit, empowered to be witnesses. So that's a surrendering to the Lordship of Jesus Christ and yielding to the Holy Spirit. We must yield to the Holy Spirit and let him direct our lives. He's filled us for a purpose. He wants to use us, but he wants to direct us, not just go out and do our own thing. Now, here's something very interesting that I found. Uh, in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, as you know, they're not all the same length. And as you know, that there are some things in one that are not in another. But here's something I discovered in all four. And that is, and, and we're not going to turn there, but I'm just going to refer to it. Matthew 3.16, the Spirit of God descended on Jesus as a dove. Mark 1.10, the Spirit like a dove descended on Jesus. Luke 3.22, Holy Spirit descended on Jesus in bodily form like a dove. And in John 1.32, Spirit descended as a dove out of heaven. So in Matthew 4.1, it says, After Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, he was led by the Spirit into the wilderness, be tempted by the devil. Before going out in ministry, he was baptized in water, and filled with the Holy Spirit, or clothed or enabled by the Holy Spirit. If Jesus needed that, how much more do I need that? And so he was also tempted. Now, I found that very interesting because I discovered, after receiving the baptism of the Holy Spirit, some people have experienced the devil coming to them and saying, you didn't really receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. That wasn't God, that was you. You just made that up. You were just speaking that. That wasn't God. Well, when I pray for people, I have an answer for that, and I'll tell you about that later. A way to circumvent that. Because, you see, God wants us to receive. He wants us to have. He wants to speak in tongues. And he wants the gifts to flow for his honor and for his glory. Now, while ago in Luke, we read that don't leave Jerusalem without wait for the promise. In Acts 1, 4, and 5, once again he says, Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait in the upper room to be empowered from on high. And so in Acts chapter 2, 1 to 4, And when the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place. And suddenly there came from heaven a noise like a violent rushing wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. And there appeared to them tongues as of fire distributing themselves, and they rested on each one of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Notice, they spoke as the Holy Spirit gave utterance. It was their mouth. It was their tongue. It was their voice box. But it was the Holy Spirit that puts the words there. He is able to go past our mind and get to our spirit and get to our tongue. Isn't that an amazing thing? That he can get to our tongue and use it if we'll let him? Are you letting him use your tongue? I'm not talking about only in speaking in tongues, but I mean as in not cussing when you hit your head or, or when somebody cuts you off in traffic. Uh, you know, that. are you letting him be in control of your whole life? So uh, 
Now I want to turn to Acts because the bulk of what I'm going to share now is in the book of Acts. Uh, now, my Bible says the Acts of the Apostles. I disagree with that. I believe it should say Acts of the Holy Spirit through the Apostles, but nevertheless, Acts of the Holy Spirit. And so uh, we read, don't leave Jerusalem without it. We read about the day of Pentecost. We read that they spoke in tongues. Acts 2, 38 and 39. My pages are still sticking together in the Bible. Acts 2, 38 and 39. Peter said to them, Repent, and each of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far away as many as the Lord our God will call to himself. So what that means is, down through the generations, all the way down to me, May 1970, this promise came to me. The promise that was spoke of in the book of Joel, the promise that Jesus made in, in Luke and Acts, and down to me, because God knew I needed help. And uh, in Luke 11, 13, there's a verse that Jesus said, talks about, if you being evil know how to good gifts to your children, how much more will the Heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? And so it's God's will. It's what he wants. And we can ask him, and he will give it to us. Now, I want to share with you the evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Most of the time, what you hear is speaking in tongues, which is one of them. And for some reason, speaking in tongues is the most controversial and the one that stirs up more trouble than any others. But it sure is wonderful. And so, speaking in tongues is number one. I'm going to give you ten evidences of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Did you know there were that many? There are probably more than that. But, so here we go in um, Acts 2, 4, which we just read. And they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues as the Holy Spirit gave utterance. Now, did you realize that in the upper room, there were 120 people that day, and one of them was Mary, the mother of Jesus? Did you know that Mary was one of the original Pentecostals? Anybody here grew up in the, Meth in the Catholic Church? Uh-huh. But you didn't, they didn't tell you that she was the original Pentecostal, did they? <laughs> and so then in uh, Acts 8, 17, let's turn there real quickly. How many of you have your Bibles with you? Don't, don't raise your hand. Don't want to embarrass anybody. You know, when we received the baptism of the Holy Spirit back in 1970, we stayed in the Baptist church because God told us to, but we visited charismatic churches. And so uh, we went to this uh, one charismatic church, walked in. We got there a little bit late. They were already standing and singing. There weren't any overheads. There weren't any hymnals. There weren't any mimeograph sheets. They just pointed to the Bible. And we sang out of the King James Bible. And the first two songs that we learned out of the King James Bible were Psalm 3, great is the Lord, uh, 48 is great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And in Psalm 3, my glory and the lifter of my head. So we learned a lot of scripture by singing it. 
And uh, it's a marvelous one. And some of us make a joyful noise. And uh, in uh, 817, they began laying their hands on him. They received the Holy Spirit. Now, when Simon saw the Spirit was given through the laying on of apostles' hands, he offered the money. So it doesn't say they spoke in tongues, but the question is, what did Simon see? And then in Acts 9, 17, Ananias said, Brother Paul, the Lord has sent me here to lay hands on you and pray for you to see again and to receive the Holy Spirit. It did not say that he spoke in tongues. However, in 1 Corinthians 14, he says, I thank my God that I speak in tongues more than you all. He's a southern boy. And then Acts 10, 45. There are a lot of pages in a big print Bible. <laughs> 10, 45. All the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles, for they were hearing them speaking with tongues and exalting God. So they heard them speaking in tongues. Uh, and then, 19.6, this is another one, there are two of them, uh, two of the evidences here, 19, I hear your pages turning, that sounds so good. Of course, some of you are tapping your devices, that's good too. Nineteen six, did I say seven? And when Paul had laid hands upon them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they began speaking with tongues and prophesying. So here we have speaking in tongues, and number two, prophesying. And then number three, I call boldness. Acts 2.36. Acts 2.36. And this is Peter. Remember, Peter is the one that denied knowing Jesus three times. Don't know the man. Don't know what you're talking about. Now Peter is standing up. And he's talking to the leaders, religious leaders. And he says, therefore, I'm not sure this was the, this, he was talking to two different groups. So I'm not sure which one this. But anyhow, let all of the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ this Jesus whom you crucified, the same guy that denied knowing Jesus. So that was boldness. And then four, this is the one I believe in front of the religious leaders. Uh, four, eight to 13. And Peter responded, nope, that's five. Boy, almost told you about Ananias and Sapphira. So, chapter 4, verse 8, Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, if we're on trial today for a benefit done to a sick man as to how this man has been made well, let it be known to all of you and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene, whom you crucified, whom God raised from the dead, by this man, this man stands here before you in good health. Boldness. And then number 4 is... From 433, and this one is power 
in witnessing. And with great power, the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Power and witnessing. Acts 10, 46. Uh, let's start at uh, 44. While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who were listening to the message. All the Jewish believers who came with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit had also been poured out on the Gentiles. For they were hearing them speak with tongues and exalting God. So number five is praise. Um, NIV would say praise. The uh, King James would say magnify and New American Standard says exalting, praising God. And when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I wanted to praise God. When I was sitting here this morning, I wanted to praise God. And I heard you praising God too. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm just making sure you're awake, and if you weren't, that should wake you. And now, Acts 4. Let's go back to Acts 4. Acts 4, 1 to 3. And this evidence is trouble. T-R-O-U-B-L-E, trouble. As they were speaking to the people, the priest and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to them, being greatly disturbed because they were teaching people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. And they laid hands on them and put them in prison till the next day. So, Trouble. And uh, then 5.17. But the high priest stood up along with all his associates, that is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with jealousy. They laid hands on the apostles and put them in public prison. Can you imagine if... We in the church had a prison that we could send you to if you didn't speak in tongues. Or, I mean, if you spoke in tongues. <laughs> I, I just can't fathom a religious organization having, having I guess they had some kind of uh, guards and police. Can you imagine? Church police. I do know we have security nowadays. <laughs> But that's for those who might come in and cause trouble. That's not for the people. Okay. So then, uh, 17, 18, and verse 40. They followed his advice, and after calling the apostles in, they flogged them and ordered them not to speak in the name of Jesus. That is trouble. I want to give you a modern-day example of trouble. I have a son named Ira who is a principal of a Christian school. And they went been going through accreditation. They wanted to have a good accreditation and so they were applied to this one place that was highly recommended and did a lot of uh, of that for schools and so uh, they sent a guy out to uh, interview my son who's a principal and sat down and he said well now what church are you associated with uh, or what what is your denomination well we're non-denominational what church are you associated with and he said well and he told him the name of a church he said, well, listen, do you speak in tongues? <laughs> yes, we do. You don't qualify. 
So I guess that means God had a better place than that one. Yes. So trouble. Now, 541. So this one is rejoicing in trouble. After they'd just been flogged, they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they'd been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. And Acts 13, 49. If you get there before me, wait for me. Acts 13, 49. And the word of the Lord was being spread throughout the whole region. 49 to 52. But the Jews incited devout women of prominence and the leading men of the city and instituted persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of the region. But they shook off the dust from their feet in protest against them and went to Iconium. Verse 52. And the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. So another evidence of the baptism of the Holy Spirit is joy. And also remember Nehemiah 8.10, the joy of the Lord is your strength. Now let's go back to chapter 4. Chapter 4, verse 34 and 35. I'm in 5, I've got to get to 4. 34 and 35. For there was not a needy person among them, for all who were owners of land or houses would sell them and bring the proceeds of the sales and lay them at the apostles' feet, and they would be distributed to each to the extent that each had need. Generosity. Have you discovered, those of you who have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that you're more generous than you used to be? <laughs> uh, have you had the experience where you had some money in your wallet and there was an opportunity to give and you had to decide whether to give the 20, the 50, or the 100? <laughs> and thought, why didn't I leave that $100 home? And I don't have my checkbook with me. And I don't know if they take debit card. But generosity. And now, the very last one that I have. I'm not saying this is an all-inclusive list, but this is the list that I have. 542. And every day in the temple and from house to house, they did not stop teaching and preaching the good news of Jesus as the Christ. Through all the persecution, through the flogging, through being in jail. And you remember the disciples, uh, was it Paul and Silas in jail at midnight? I skipped over that verse for time's sake. And uh, remember, they flogged them, they put them in irons. And at midnight, they were singing hymns and songs of praise. So, Ephesians 5, 17 to 18. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. And do not be drunk with wine, in which is dissipation, but be filled with the Spirit. And I have been told by books that I use that that means be being filled. It's an ongoing thing. It's not a one-time deal. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is the initial infilling of the Holy Spirit. But we need to be filled again and again. 
For example, in Acts 1, 13 and 14, Peter was in the upper room waiting for the promise. And the Holy Spirit fell and he was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. But in Acts 2, also 4, they were filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke in tongues. In Acts 4, 8 to 10, later, Peter was filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke to the rulers and elders. That thing that he said, it's in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified. So on the day of Pentecost, he was baptized in the Holy Spirit, filled with the Holy Spirit. Later on, as he was out ministering, he needed to be filled some more or filled again. So um, I like to say we leak. Um, <laughs> maybe, you know, I, I found a scripture one time that, ta that talked about drifting away in, uh, I believe it's Hebrews, and uh, in the margin it said uh, to leak out like a vessel. And so I taught that for years. Well, recently I found another book that said that's not an accurate translation. <laughs> so I don't have a scripture that said we leak. But I have experience that says I leak. <laughs> That's true. So you do too, huh? So he that speaks in tongues edifieth himself. We need to be filled again and again in order to accomplish what God has for us. And of course, Ananias laid hands on Paul and he was filled with the Holy Spirit. Doesn't say that he spoke in tongues, but later on he said... I thank God that I speak in tongues more than you all. And then later in Acts 13, 9, we're not going to turn there. Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, dealt with the magician, Simon the sorcerer. And then again, back to Ephesians 5, 17 and 18. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, I believe that there are four things that put us in a position to receive from God. And so whenever I teach on the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and there's an invitation for people to come and receive, I give them a little bit of instruction first. And one of the things that I go over is four things that put us in a position to receive from God. Number one is no unconfessed and unrepented of sin. If you have sin in your life, You've got to deal with it. Number two, no unforgiveness. Jesus spoke of the Lord's Prayer. And the very next verses say, if you don't forgive, you won't be forgiven. And in fact, in the Lord's Prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Do you want to be forgiven by God like you have been forgiving others? Huh. So that needs to be dealt with. Number two, I mean, number three, no involvement in the kingdom of darkness. And uh, by this, I mean like horoscopes. When I, the town that I grew up in, there was a horoscope in the newspaper. And I would read it every day. I didn't believe it. I thought it was funny, but I read it. However, I repented of it later on when I found out about it. So horoscopes, Ouija boards, tarot cards, Dungeons and Dragons, Harry Potter, and other things like that, you need to renounce those and repent of them. 
And number four, Jesus is Lord. And with those four things taken care of, you're in a position to receive from the Lord. I was speaking at a church one time in Nacogdoches, Texas. And um, some people were praying for someone to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And they prayed and they prayed and they prayed. And nothing happened. So they turned to me and asked me for help. So I went over and I talked about these four things. And when I got to no involvement in the kingdom of darkness, that person needed to deal with that. And when that person did, then that person received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So remember Acts 2, 38 and 39. For this promise is unto you and to your children and to all who are far off, even as many as the Lord our God will call. So he called me. My helper, who knew I needed him, Holy Spirit of God, drew me, first of all, to realize that Jesus wasn't Lord, and then drew me to the right people to see and hear about the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and then drew me to the right churches to get teaching, even though he kept us at the Baptist church. Uh, there was a saying going around back in those days, if you'd receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit, come ye out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. God kept us in that church. And uh, one day I had a chance to, well, Sandra was the first one. She had a chance to share the baptism of the Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues with the liberal Baptist pastor. And then later on I had an appointment with him and told him about my experience. He said, so then you no longer feel a part of us? I said, oh, on the contrary, very much of a part. And so we stayed there. Well, when God sent us off to Bible school up in upstate New York, the church set up a fund so that people could contribute to us while we were in Bible school. So the liberal Baptist church pastor and people there who loved us helped support us while we went to Bible school. But the baptism in the Holy Spirit changed my life. The baptism in the Holy Spirit enabled me to do things I never could have done. Places I went, things that I, I got to do, people I got to share with, people I got to meet. And I discovered that no matter where I go, when I walk into a place and there are people that love Jesus, there's a, a thing that happens that there's a relationship and it's, it's like being home. It's being among family. And... Uh, I experienced that here, and I'm glad to say it's wonderful to be here. If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit overcomerschurchinternational.com.